Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Wildcat Alley podcast. Alex Margatulio, my boy Juice Thompson. Uh, got a great episode ahead. Looking forward to talking all things Northwestern hoops with you, Juice. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the week that we wanted in the, the wins and losses column, but I think, you know, as you and I will discuss a little bit later in the pod, you know, we've uncovered some things that our team can do a little bit better as we move towards March and hopefully April as well. And then obviously some good news on your front. Um, Juice going, coming out of retirement early already like MJ. Might be wearing the faux five. Who knows? Now I got to keep the 20. He's heading back to Egypt. So this is this is breaking news out of your camp, Juice. First and foremost, congratulations. Uh, talk us through a little bit how that how that came up and what type of opportunity you have going back to Egypt. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, so, you know, last year I played in Egypt. My team, we made history. We won five out of five championships. It was never done. And with that final championship that we won, we qualified for the tournament called the BAL, and that's sponsored by the NBA and FIBA. So it's, it's, it's a big deal, and it's the third year that they're having it. Yeah. And it's pretty much, you know, the top teams from all of Africa. And each part of Africa where you win your league, you qualify for this tournament. So I've been retired since last May, and last week I got a call from my coach from last year, and he asked if, you know, I'm still in shape a little bit. I told him, yeah, he's giving me a month. <laughs> And he came with an offer to come back and play with the team. So something like that I couldn't turn down. I've been receiving offers since I've been retired, but none of them stood out, and it wasn't an opportunity like this is. So to be able to go back to Egypt and then play in Rwanda is an experience in itself, but also to be around some of those NBA people, international people, you know, to network and pick the brains and get inside the minds of some of the smartest basketball players in the world. It's something I couldn't turn down. So I'm very excited. I head out the first week of April, and I'll be there until the end of May. So a 10-month retirement, and well, not even, no, 11 months when I go back in April. So I just started back working out, trying to get back in shape. So I'm excited for it. Appreciate well, you. Well, no, you, Juice, you'll be, you'll be ready for the, for the challenge for sure. And obviously, you've been in the gym this whole time anyway, obviously working other folks out, but mm-hmm. it's – that's no joke. You having to put them through drills and, and showcasing what it takes to to get the move off that you're looking to work on. So uh, no doubt in my mind that this this month here will be uh, a good opportunity for you to get back to, to where you were. And, uh, you know, you're obviously going to go over there and kill it. So just wanted to, to send my shout out to you. My congratulations. Obviously, it's a tremendous opportunity for you to continue to to do what you love and, and, and grow this game. And then obviously, like you said, network with those individuals that are going to be a part of that tournament and hopefully open some doors for you later on in, in your next career. Definitely. I appreciate it, my man. Yeah, yeah for sure, shape, man. I'm going to have to get some of those shooter shakes you used to drink in college so I can keep that three ball going. <laughs> I don't know if I, I still have them all on back order. So if, <laughs> if anyone's looking for the, the supply of them, I have a, a storage unit that I took out outside my house that stores yeah. them all. And they may be a little bit expired, but shooter shakes never go bad. There we go. All right. Well, with that, let's move into some X's and O's. Like you said, we didn't have the week that we wanted. Starting off with that Illinois game. It's like the tale of two halves. What were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said, right? Tale of two halves. I think what really stands out to me is our execution levels. You know, going from the first half where we were so red hot, I think we were getting to our spots. Our guards were able to get downhill and play off of two feet. Like we've said on this pod, 
you know, religiously, that is when we're good. Obviously, Boo was popping off. Uh, had that jersey swap from from zero to four, which obviously I like to see. And he started raining when he when he put when he popped four on. But I think it just comes down to our execution level. Uh, we were able to get really anything we wanted. We were executing on you know our half court offense as well as our inbound plays. Really, just getting to where we needed to be on the floor. And then obviously, when guys are guys are making shots, the game comes a lot easier. You know, you're more intense on defense. You, you have a tendency to, you know, have that floor not not be leveled or the floor is more level. You know, you have that same energy and enthusiasm on defense um, and it translate to, translates to offense. Whereas, you know, you take a look at that second half, Illinois really, really jumped on us. You knew they were going to make that run. You knew they were going to come out strong out of halftime. You know, we weathered the storm a little bit. You know, we kept it around 13 or 15. And then Illinois just really wore us down with their pressure. Uh, down the stretch, and then obviously their shot making became extremely good. Uh, Meyer and then Taryn Shannon really started getting to that left hand and really dominated the game down the stretch. So you know it was one of those games where I think uh, you know some things came to light for us uh, from an execution standpoint, and you know I think there's definitely some things to, to work on, especially closing the games, and we're not having good second halves. But I think when it comes down to it, we're really just going to need. You know, more guys to step up. We're going to need more points out of Ty Berry and Robbie Barron. I think down the stretch, you know, as we close out the regular season and head into tournament time, you know, having those third and fourth options of guys getting eight to 10 points in any set game is really going to help lighten the load for Chase and Boo um, because, you know, we're really going to rely on them down the stretch. Yeah. I think you made a lot of great points. And, you know, like you said, once we're making shots, we're getting down here. We're a good team. The defensive intensity is up. We're getting our stops. But, you know, you got to tip your hat to Illinois. You know, we had a big lead in that first half. We let that slip away, and that's starting to become a thing with us. You know, down in that previous games, what? We were up big against Indiana. Luckily, Boo was able to save the day, make some big plays down the stretch, hit that game winner. We got to come together as a team and figure out ways to close out these games. And, you know, Terrence Shannon, he did a great job, you know, coming off of a concussion, being able to play the way he played, especially in that second half, getting downhill to his left hand, making threes. That's huge for a player. You know, he's one of their big key players, and he came up and stepped up and produced. Chase, he didn't shoot the ball so well, but still got to give him credit for his defense, had four steals again, and that's something that he's been continuously able to do throughout the season. And like you talked about, Boo, I mean, he was red hot. He had it going. I know down the stretch, the last 10 or so minutes of the game, he didn't make a field goal. Things got a little tough, but that's just how the game goes. You know, he's playing in the Big Ten, physical, athletic guards getting up in you, up under you. So they made it tough for us. But, you know, I did see that Coach Collins did say that the offense got stagnant and he has to do a better job of helping the guys out. So I would like to see, you know, some adjustments with that moving forward, getting some guys in some different spots. And like you said, getting buried, getting barren some more looks just so they can be that third and fourth scoring option, even though Brooks Barnheiser has been doing a great job of stepping up. But all in all, tell the two halves. First half, we were playing great, shooting lights out. Second half, they made adjustments. We just weren't able to, you know, get over the hump in that game. And Yeah, and I, I think one thing is they limited our player movement, I think. The ball got stagnant for sure. And for the first time in a while, I feel like, we were stagnant from a from a motion standpoint 
It was really guard oriented and they took us out of what we wanted to do. Credit Sincere Harris was phenomenal on the ball in the second half, really turned up the heat and the energy. And I feel like the rest of their team kind of fed off of what he was able to bring to the table. They, they made some timely shots too. You got to give them credit. Terrence Shannon made a couple really deep threes from that right wing. Um, from a lefty, you know, you love that spot. So he made some really big shots that, you know, really catapulted them back into the game. The crowd got back into it. And I think, you know, these stretch of very close games and, and games that are sucking a lot of energy out of us, like the Indiana game, like the Purdue game, I think really caught up with us uh, against Illinois in the second half, as well as, you know, that Maryland game, which we'll get into as well. But, you know, I think there's just, you know, we're getting late in the season. Uh, we have relied heavily on our primary, primary ball handlers, Chase and, and, and Boo. And I think, you know, towards the back end of these games, we're struggling to, to get really good quality shots. And I think it starts with, you know, the initiation of our offense and how can we get the ball in those guys' hands without, you know, exuding an, uh, an exorbitant amount of, of energy, bringing the ball up and getting through sets and breaking presses. So I, I did see that we were bringing Brooks back a little bit to you know, take the load off a little bit. I think that's something that we could potentially put a wrinkle into to where Brooks is potentially starting the offense, right? And then we can have Chase and Boo coming off the ball a little bit more, and that might be able to, to create a little bit more flow, a little bit more player movement as we start to get into our sets. So I think our coaches have been able to make adjustments over the course of the year, and I think it's going to be no different here as we head into the last couple games of the year and heading into tournament where execution is really critical down in the late stages of games. And, you know, it's something that we've been good at throughout the year. You know, we're bound to drop a couple of these close ones just because we've played so many close games. But I think our experience in the long run is really going to catapult us forward and having the experiences of playing these tough games uh, late in February or early in February are really going to pay dividends for us in the past because we can figure out some of the ways that we could tweak our end of game situations and come out on top. Dude, I love that breakdown. And I just want to add one point to it. I know you talked about, you know, guys getting tired from those minutes that they've been playing. And this is something that you know, we talked about earlier on in the season, how some of these games, you know, we, we have a comfortable lead up 15, up 20, two, three minutes left we still have our primary ball handlers in the game and they're just using more energy, making plays still. And those are times where we both felt like that they should come out of the game and get that rest, get those bench guys in, get those guys that aren't on scholarship, the walk-ons in, to get them some experience. So like you said, I think that kind of is coming into play because as you see in the second half, that's when we start to get stagnant, guys get tired. We have those defensive lapses that we usually don't have. So I think those are all great points. And, you know, I think that's leading us right up into that Maryland game, which was also another game similar to like Illinois. Even though we didn't have a big lead, it was kind of like the tail of two halves. Even though Maryland right. shot the three well, I think they were like eight for 11 three in the first half. But we were they only were down one, two. Only down two, two at the end of the half. And we were right there. Even though, you know, I really didn't like how the half ended. Was it Jameer Young had that step back three going in the half? And you know that's huge, especially as a player, another lefty, giving you that confidence going into that second half and a half, making a big shot like that, getting the crowd involved. And you know Maryland, it's a tough place to play. They were, what, 8-0 at home before that game. It's really hard to beat them there. So that was tough. And what do you think about Maryland, that game? I, I think 
Maryland played a, you know, a pretty perfect game, I, I would say, right? I mean, coming in shooting 32% from three and then, you know, closing the game shooting 62%. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a huge margin and a huge difference there on, on what they're averaging versus, you know, how they performed. And, you know, at some point they were 11 of 14 from three. And, you know, that is the recipe of beating us, right? We, we've seen that over the course of the year is like, okay, teams that can make threes and make them efficiently against us are the teams that tend to handle us a little bit better. And I think the one thing that stuck, uh, that stuck out to me a lot was on the offensive end for us, that matchup zone where the guards just passed everything off and to basically took that high screen roll action away from us really caused us fits and again, stagnated the offense. So we weren't able to get that ball and player movement that we're typically seeing. And the ball tended to just stay at the top of the key. We didn't get that side to side movement and really struggled to get looks in the second half. And, you know, when we're not having that third score, like if, if Ty's not making that outside shot, it's going to be tough to stretch a defense like that. And, you know, we weren't really able to establish anything inside. Boot wasn't really able to get to his spots and jump stop and make plays, uh, you know, off of two feet in the second half. So I think they really took us out of everything that we are good at offensively. And then when the threes aren't dropping and they're making, you know, a 62% clip, it's hard to play catch up. That crowd's involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, overall, I think Maryland just played a really good game <laughs> and, and we're really ready to play and just beat us at a game that, you know, we weren't ready for. Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, even though it was good to see Chase start off the game making shots because, you know, the last couple games he didn't have his shot going, had some foul trouble. That was good to see. And I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said that second half. They took us out of our stuff. First half, Boo did a great job getting into the paint, finding uh, Nicholson inside for the lob, passing the guys, getting easy shots. Then in that second half, like you said, the offense got stagnant. And I think what uh, Maryland won that game 12 to zero in fast break points. And I think yeah. all year we've done a great job of limiting teams in their fast break because of the way we take care of the ball and the shots that we get. So I think we got to get back to that, get that offense moving. So that was two games in a row, Illinois second half, Maryland second half where that offense wasn't flowing like it usually does. So that's something that we're going to have to get back into. But also I want to commend, you know, Brooks Barnheiser. He's still, stepping it up, playing. He's doing a great job coming off of that bench for us, and we're going to continue to need that. But like you said, we're going to need Barry, Barron. We're going to need those guys to space the floor out, knock down those open shots. Then also, I saw one play, Matthew Nixon. He had a post up inside, and he finished. I would love to see him. I've been saying all year, I would love to see him get a few more touches inside. No, he's not the greatest free throw shooter, but still, it gives them a different look. It makes the other big man on the other team have to play defense in a different way, opposed to them only just playing pick-and-roll defense. So I would love to see the ball go inside more. And leading up into this next game, we have to come out with that energy. And we have to play a complete game for 40 minutes, not just defensively, but offensively together and stay together. And then we also saw some of the guys getting on top of each other, which was a little bit yeah. out of character. But, I mean, those, that's, that's a quality of the good teams. You know, they get on top of each other, hold each other accountable, and move forward. Yeah, you could. That's a good point, Juice. You could see a little bit of that frustration starting to mount, right? Um, starting from that second half of the Illinois game, you know, that's a game that we definitely didn't want to to slip away, but it did, right? They they beat us in that second half and completely took us out of everything we wanted to do. Then we had a good start at Maryland, right? Like, but at some point in time, 
you know, you, you crack a little bit. And that's what it seemed like, you know, as Maryland started to make shots, you know, they banked in a three, they, they were shooting well over their percentage. Uh, you know, our guys started to get on top of one another, like you mentioned, and it was the first time in a while where I felt like we were a little disconnected, but mm-hmm. um, let's, let's not forget at the, of the successes that this team has had, right? Okay. This is a team that was picked 13th in the conference to start the year, uh, 14th by some, and are still tied for first, or sorry, tied for second, fighting for a, uh, a two-round bye in the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, you know, we've done a lot right. We've, we've gone on these little two-game skids all year. It's been a, a pattern of ours. So now it's time for us to win five or six in a row again and get right back into the winning column. Um, but I would say, you know, it's been more evident over the last week how much we've missed Julian Roper. Yes. Uh, I think, yes. you know, his toughness and tenacity would have been a nice spark for us at Illinois and would have offered another body to throw at Terrence Shannon, maybe give a different look from what Chase was giving and you know try to change the game that way i think these past two games in particular it's really showed uh how much we've missed him just adds another body adds another uh you know piece of depth for us and versatility on the floor right he's not only a a great defensive player but he's really worked on that pull-up jump shot this year he shot it a little bit better from three and always has that threat to attack the rim and draw fouls so i think you know it's been apparent over the last couple games that he is really needed in our lineup and, you know, we're, we're just waiting on him to get back, hopefully, by the Big Ten tournament. Fingers crossed. I agree. We definitely can use him. And like you said, you know, defensively, he's been great for us when he's in the game. But then he's really improved on the offensive end. So that can also be something that would help us. So with that, you know, we got the scouting report coming up. Now we got two teams coming in that are fighting and they're hungry. Yes, we're playing for that double, double buy in a Big Ten conference tournament. But we got Penn State and we have Rutgers. Both teams are right there on the cusp of making it to that NCAA tournament. And they need these wins, especially, you know, they want that momentum going into the Big Ten Conference tournament. What are your thoughts? You got some players, some keys to these next two games. How do you think, you know, the Cats need to approach this, especially coming off of a two-game skid, even though we've had these in the past this season and we're able to bounce back? Yeah, I mean, number one, Senior night against Penn State. Let's play for our seniors, right? Yes. Uh, we'll get into this in a little bit later, but you know, this is it's a it's a critical game for us to keep the seating. We still are are really going after that very much coveted double buy, which would be great to get. Give us a little bit of extra rest and recovery before you know starting that march of grind uh, that that grind of March. And then you know, I think Penn State's an intriguing team to me. They have you know an all first team Big Ten caliber player, Jalen Pickett, a do-it-all point guard that can score, yes. get everybody involved, rebound, rebound, a true triple threat out there and a triple, uh, triple-double threat every time he steps on the court. And then his supporting cast is really good too. Seth Lundy, uh, Funk can really shoot the three. And I think what really scares me about Penn State the most is their ability to shoot that three-point shot. I know their, their stats are staggering when it comes from you know, home versus the road. They've really struggled on the road, but I just think those those guys are too good as shooters to give them really high quality looks. And just with our past and giving up a lot of threes to some of these teams, you know, that could be our Achilles heel and Penn State could take advantage of that. At the same time, what I'm looking for from a Northwestern standpoint is get back to executing, right? Go in, go deep into that playbook that we have. 
uh, find a couple sets that have been really good for us over the course of the year and get the mismatches that we like. We've done really well when we've played out of the right, the right matchups and we've gotten Boo switched off on bigs. It allows him to get into the paints and find our shooters and you know do what he does best, which is make great decisions. So those are the keys that I'm looking for in terms of you know the game versus Penn State. Uh, what are some crucial things that you're looking at or some keys to the game uh, you know, in order to ensure that we come out of this with a win? Yeah, I think it's just controlling the game, playing the game at our pace with our style, you know, keeping them, keeping Penn State, they're averaging, what, 72, 73 points. If we can keep them in the yeah. low 60s, high 50s, that gives us a great chance. Obviously, we know defense is where we hung our hat on all season. We have to really get back to that grinded-out style of defense. Yes, you know, our bread and butter is when we're able to trap inside and clog the paint, get those defensive rotations, get steals, cause turnovers. But Penn State is one of those teams that makes a lot of threes. They got multiple players shooting over 40% from the three. And that's something that we've struggled with all season. So I would like, you know, to see the Cats, like you said, go deep in that playbook, run through our offense, execute, take care of the ball, and on defense, really do what we have to do to contain them. Don't let them get into the 70s, 80s like those other teams because that's when, you know, we, we're, we're, that's those, those are the games that we're losing when teams can get out in transition, get easy buckets, knock down those threes. So I would like to see us, you know, at home, protect home court. The crowd's going to be involved, have our six man there, but just slow it down. Play at our pace. I think that's the most important thing. And put together a full game of 40 minutes on offensive end and defensive end. That's something we haven't been able to do recently as we've been having those second-half skids as guys have been getting tired and everything. So I think those are my key points for the Penn State game. Then going to Rutgers, that's going to be another one. You know, that's going to be another game where we lost at our place. You know, they change up those defense. They got another guy who's on the semifinal list for the defensive player of the year, just like Chase Aldige. They got Spencer who can knock down threes all around a great team. I think we're going to have to do the same thing there. Control that, recognize what defense that they're in, make the right decisions. But most importantly, it's our defense. Let's get back to our style of play on defense for 40 minutes. Offense, we know. The ball is going to be in our primary ball handler's hands. Chase and Boo, they're going to create for themselves. They're going to create for others. And we're going to need those bench players to step up or those guys, other guys, Barron, Barry to knock down shot. Then Nicholson, he's going to have to continue to do what he's been doing. I think he's doing a great job on ball screens, coming in, you know, giving us good minutes. No, he's not getting 10, 12 rebounds a game, but he's keeping the other bigs off the glass for the most part and other guys are cleaning it up. Then our bench is going to have to continue to produce. What are your thoughts also for that Rutgers game going on the road who – a hungry team. They're still fighting for the NCAA tournament like we talked about. A hungry team, somebody that's, I think, trying to refine their identity. And, you know, they, they had a, a tough injury to, to one of their key pieces. And I think they're still trying to figure out who they're going to be as a team moving forward. Um, but obviously they hang their hat on the defensive end, similar to us. So I expect it to be an absolute slugfest in Piscataway, New Jersey, uh, coming up. And... You know, it's, it's always, you know, these late games, people are not only, or teams are not always fighting for position, right? Everyone's jockeying for position. These are, you know, senior classes that are trying to go out on top, right? So we already had that, you know, game where we played at Illinois for, or who do we just play for on senior night? 
Oh, Maryland. Maryland. We just played at Maryland on senior night. And, you know, with that comes a lot of emotions. Players are going to be, you know, looking to go out on a very high note. At the same time, it could really cause some, you know, emotions. You know, some players have, you know, different ways of reacting to these types of occasions. You know, our team, you know, is is very senior senior centered and senior focused. Now, obviously, you know, a few of them have the opportunity to come back next year if they choose to, but you know, this could be the potential last time these guys suit up in Welsh Ryan. And, you know, for Rutgers, you know, their perspective, uh, home gym as well. So, you know, there's a lot of emotions that come with these types of games. So who has the ability to harness that and, you know, deliver it into results? And, you know, who will it affect negatively? I, I think for us, you know, the crowd support is going to be amazing at Welsh Ryan tonight, you know, for, for these seniors, and it's, it's well-deserved. So you look at Chase, you look at Boo, you look at Robbie, you look at Roy Dixon, you look at Titus, all guys that have made a significant impact on this, on this program have really taken their lumps over the you know, last three, four years uh, leading up to this time. And it's great to see you know, all of their hard work come to fruition. They're obviously a NCAA tournament team. We're going to get a great seating in the Big Ten tournament. So all they have, have accomplished with their backs against the wall is you know, no small feat. And these guys deserve all of the applause all of the cheers, and they deserve to go out on a high note at Welsh Ryan, and I think the crowd will be exceptional tonight. Definitely. I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to be there tonight? I, I am going to the game tonight. It'll be great to, to see them and celebrate with those seniors. Uh, you know, obviously, they've you know, poured their blood, sweat, and tears into this program, into this university. So it'll be, it'll be a great way to honor them. And looking forward to that ceremony and I'm then obviously taking care of business against Penn State as well. Right. And then we're going to go on the road against the number one defense in the Big Ten at Rutgers. So I think we got a great chance. You know, we didn't hold up in the rankings. And I think that's also another thing that we didn't touch base on. You know, we were playing with that chip on our shoulders when we weren't ranked, even though we felt that we deserved and should have been. So, you know, it was short lived, lasted for a week. I think our record now is 12 and 18 when we're ranked. But I think that's also something that's going to give us a little bit of motivation, an extra push in this week as we finish out the Big Ten Conference regular season going into the Big Ten season. And with that, you know, recapped all of that, what do we have for the word on campus? Got anything interesting? Yeah, word on campus, the word on campus, Juice, I, I think should be focused on, you know, it's, since it's March, right? It's finally March. It should be focused on March Madness. What type of matchups you would see to be favorable for us? What type of team uh, do you want to see us matched up against? Uh, not only in the Big Ten tournament, but let's talk big dance, right? Uh, what type of teams, number one, do you think would give us you know, some trouble versus some teams you think would be a, you know, a quality matchup for us? We're looking at a, let's say we're between a six and an eight come six Selection eight. Sunday. That would be a great seed. Um, you know, if, if I was able to pick, I will pick any kind of team that throws the ball in the post to their big mans on almost every possession <laughs> yeah. because our yeah. trap defense is unbelievable. When you see I mean, you see it on TV, you see it in person. It's, it's crazy how they just come at the right time, and they just so disruptive, whether it's the pass is off to the person that the, the big man is trying to get it to or somebody's deflecting it or coming up with steals. So I would love to see us play against some teams that got some guys inside that get the ball a lot. But, you know, what's going to hurt us is if we play against those teams with those guards that are quick, 
constantly using yeah. ball screens, getting into the paint, kicking it out to shooters. Those are the kind of teams that give us problems, similar to like how a Penn State is. And like Maryland, they have those shooters. So I would really hope we can stay away from those kind of teams and just get those, you know, inside bullies, which, you know, basketball is kind of changes. Not so many back to the basket guys, but I think that's great. And but for like the Big Ten Conference Tournament, you know, I would love to see us play against a Purdue again and get, you know, a really big win because, you know, we had yeah. them. I feel like we got their number, Indiana. We had them. We were able to beat them twice at home and on the road. And also, you know, if we're going to that Big Ten Conference Tournament, it's pretty much a home game for us here at the United Center. So I really don't, you know, at this point, you know, in the Big Ten Conference Tournament, I'm not really worried about who we draw. We've proved that we can compete and we can beat most of the teams in here in the Big yeah. Ten. But, you know, going into the NCAA tournament, you know, I don't have a specific team that I would like to see them play. I just don't want them to play those teams that just have all those shooters and got those guards getting in the paint. I want, you know, obviously I want that easy road. I want us to make that deep push into the NCAA tournament and get past that second game. Yeah, I, mean, I think you nailed it. Anybody that throws the ball in the post, I thought was dead on, right? Um, you know, unfortunately for us, I think our first yeah. round matchup would be, uh, you know, a more difficult matchup for us. We're going to get maybe a, a mid-major or, you know, one of those like West Virginia type teams, I think would be very difficult for us to deal with, uh, especially with how they pressure the ball and, and pick up full court all games. So I think those teams are what scare me the most. And then if we could get by and get to a team like Tennessee or, you know, even TCU, somebody that does throw the ball into the, to the post quite a bit, I think we could, you know, really use our, you know, defense to our advantage and then obviously our deep offensive playbook. I think we're just really difficult to prepare for from on both sides of the ball. So uh, those are some matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing. And, you know, obviously we've done well with, with teams that have thrown the ball in the post previously, uh, whether it's two, you know, bigger forwards or guards or even, you know, a center like Edie, we've been able to figure out how to match up with those type teams. So, yeah, looking forward to what the selection committee comes up with. I'm sure it'll be a dandy of a selection, but nonetheless, just super excited for March and what's going to come about. So, you know, another thing that I'm looking forward to, you know, in the NCAA tournament is our experience. You know, as you talked about earlier for senior night, we have so many guys that have all this experience, have been playing three, four years of NCAA basketball at different levels and different conferences. I think that's really going to help us moving forward. And, you know, you've seen the growth and the development of our, you know, our primary ball handlers and even our supporting cast. And I really think that's going to propel us going forward in those big moments because, you know, in the NCAA tournament, nationally televised games like the other ones, but there's a little bit more pressure going into games like this. And for Northwestern, it'll be our, only our second time going to the NCAA tournament. So that in itself can add a little bit more pressure to the guys. But I think, you know, that poise and their calmness that they showed throughout the season for the most part, I think that's really going to benefit us going forward. And, you know, it really doesn't matter who our, who we play against, what our draw is. I think I like our chance. You know, not I think, but I love our chances against anybody. But obviously, I on think it's a neutral it'd be, floor too. There you go. Right on it. We've we've shown that we could play on the road. Right. There's something yeah. that that we do on the road that is different than other teams, and we have shot the ball better on the road. We have won games on the road in blowout fashion as well as close games. So I think that type of experience that we have been able to 
you know, be a part of during the Big Ten slate and then have obviously won true road games at Georgetown and, you know, a few others and have played a neutral site tournament, you know, we're not only difficult to prepare for, I think if you get us on a neutral site where there's no real home court advantage, you know, we're going to be very difficult to, to, to take out of that tournament. Yeah. And another thing, we're going to have that fan support. You know, the Northwestern alumni right. and fan base, it travels way beyond Chicago. You know, they're East Coast, West Coast, they're all over the place. And, you know, there's already been talks of everyone going to travel to watch and support the Cats. So it's going to seem like, you know, we're going to have like somewhat of that six man going with us. And depending on where we play, who knows, maybe the university will do something where those students can continue to support and come to the games. So I'm sure they're going to have them come down to the Big Ten Conference Tournament with it only being, you know, what, 30 minutes away at the United Center. So, oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, we're going to have that support. You know, our guys are going to be ready. They're going to be fresh. Hopefully we can get that double buy in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. But all in all, I really like our chances going into the NCAA Tournament. But we still have some work to do. One game season right now. We got two conference games left before we go into the Big Ten Conference Tournament. But all in all, I think we're going to be more than prepared going into NCAA Tournament coming up in a few weeks. I agree, Juice. And there's one other thing that we wanted to chat about. Uh, Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Award. Yeah, that's huge. Chase Audige in the top 10 now of, of players selected. We're getting towards that, you know, those, those final nominees. And for Chase to be a part of that, you know, obviously he's been a catalyst on, you know, one of the most disruptive defenses in the country, one of the best defenses that our, you know, our program has ever seen. And, you know, he really spearheads that with his anticipation, his intensity, and his attention to detail on defense. He is really just a menace, and he wreaks havoc night in and night out. So well-deserved. He has really propelled us forward. He has really bought into our identity and our approach to the game. And it really starts with him from an energy level, an energy standpoint on that end of the floor. And it's great to see him being rewarded for the type of effort and energy he has put he has put forth on that side of the ball. I agree. You know, I want him to go get it. That would be so big and so huge for our program, you know, going forward for recruits to see something like that. Obviously, you know, we got the new stadium, new arena. The Big Ten Conference is expanding. We're going to be able to get out there to the West Coast a little bit. But I just think that's yeah. going to be huge for the program overall. So good luck to Chase. This is a, a great accomplishment so far to be on this list. But, you know, like he's been talking about, they got to be the hardest playing team in the country. And I'm sure he's hungry for that award just like, you know, everybody else is. And it's not an individual thing, but it is good to be recognized for something like that. And I'm sure, you know, his teammates are supporting him and encouraging him to try to go out there and get it. That's a great for sure. And with that. Yeah. And with that award comes team success. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's really, you know, he's he's always one to give credit to his teammates and really, you know, push the question away towards, you know, towards the team, which is great. Obviously, this would be a, a phenomenal honor, and I can't remember uh, the last time a, a Wildcat was was in this conversation. So, you know, obviously a great achievement, and there's a lot more to you know to come for from this season. And you know, I think obviously if if we're gonna go places, Chase is gonna be a huge part of that. So we're gonna need him to continue that intensity and continue that trajectory of you know being a Defensive Player of the Year in the conference and nationally. Yeah, it, it, it's just a huge achievement. And, you know, if we can get a couple wins here to to end the conference season, I think his chances will dramatically increase as well. That's the key.
Let's get them both, Chase. Let's go, Cats. Let's finish this thing up strong and make this push for this long, big run in the NCAA tournament. I like it. No doubt. All right. Well, I guess I will see you tonight at the Cats game. Senior night. It's a big one. I remember our senior night. We've talked about that many a times, how you saved me. I was like you talked about the emotions. I was out there crying before the game. Couldn't do anything in the first half. So (laughs) I totally get it. I think that was a really good point that you brought up about the emotions of the senior night because I was one that fell victim of it, too. And you held me down. So I appreciate you, my boy. The teammates do. That's That's what what we got to do. do. It's a team effort, just like you said. There you go. Go Cats. We're going to get this win tonight. I'm confident. Forget this win tonight, and then everybody can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, Shout Out New Amendment, Apple Music. We everywhere. Anywhere you get your podcasts, we'll be, you know, we'll be coming to you live here multiple times throughout the month. Uh, we're going to be trying to do a lot more episodes, get some cool guests coming on, and, oh, and we got really the wrap event. this up as we head into the tournament. Yeah. So uh, be prepared for some cool content coming from, from us. Uh, for myself, Alex Margatulio, Juice Thompson, we're out. Appreciate everything. Go Cats. Also, catch us on a live event, March 10th. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.